Good evening, Miss Long. May I get you a cocktail? No, thanks. Uh, early day tomorrow. Costume test. Ah, Thoreau once said, beware of all enterprises that require new clothes. Oh, uh, yeah? I bet Thoreau was never top of the box office. Quite right. Do I know you? Uh, you are too. We're related. You come again? <laughs> In your new picture, Taxi Dancer. I play your brother-in-law. And they're kind of old for the juvenile roles, ain't you? Warner Brothers would disagree. I wouldn't put much stock in what they say. What's your name? Richard Tulliver. Irish? Afraid not. My parents hail from England. I was born here in California. What's your pop's line? Father was a wig maker for the courts in London. He decided to try his luck in Hollywood. He freelances with the studios and has a shop over on Ventura Boulevard. Tulliver's Wig Emporium. That's your pop? Yeah. Do you know it? Yeah, sure, I know it. He made my wig for the Lady Godiva picture I did last year. <laughs> I'll tell Father you mentioned it. He'll be delighted that you remembered him. Yeah, let me guess. Your pop's made good in business and sent you to the fancy schools. Mm, Phillips Academy in Yale. Is there anything wrong with that? And why'd you go into acting? Well, Father wanted me to become a doctor. The only trouble is I have fainted at the sight of blood. Hmm. Shouldn't you be on Broadway, Shakespeare and Shaw? Ah, allow me. I worked on the stage until Broadway went dark. So you're out here playing juveniles. Two months. I've had three walk-ons. I can tell you have lovely manners. That's not what you need for the part. I don't understand. The director told me the character was a society type. And that's not in the script, technically speaking. No. Carter interpreted the character his way. You could do it your way. Is it wise to ignore direction? Mr. Hillary might take offense. Listen, you'll never make it in pictures if you listen to every piece of advice. Playing the brother-in-law that way might please Carter Hillary, but it won't be good for your career. How should I play it? Oh, look around. You'd be no coward in a Damon Runyon world. Don't be a stuffed shirt. Be a roughneck. A roughneck? An underworld type. In the scene where you have a row with Maxine, push her down on the couch. Manhandle her a little. Dames in the audience will go wild. And then, who knows? Who knows? Dames might think, why isn't he playing next Cleo? If they write fan letters, he might get featured villain. How does that sound? Like a dream, Miss Long. Then we'll work on it tomorrow after lunch. You game? As Ralph Waldo Emerson said, nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. Emerson knew his onions. Now, that's all for tonight. I have to go home, cream my face, and set the alarm. But the party is in your honor. They won't be throwing any more parties for me unless I get my beauty sleep. May I take you home? Thanks. But uh, no, my driver's outside. I'll see you tomorrow. A pleasure to make your acquaintance, Miss Long.
She's going to blow her top when she sees this little article. I'll bet you a fin Hank asks for aspirin the minute he walks in the door. Sucker's bet. Already put him on the table. It's only a test. They have time to find something better. Could swear I've seen this coat before. Keeps turning up like a bad penny. Morning, my beauties. You ready for tests? I was thinking more curls in the front, babe. Then you might... Oh, what's that? Wardrobe sent it over. This is the third time they've tried to give me this coat. Thought I'd seen it before. I asked for sable trim on a wool polo coat with patch pockets. I even wrote it down for Eddie. This ain't sable. What do they do, show the raccoon on the backlog? Send it back with a note. Two words will do. Jack Warner wouldn't try this with Kay Francis. Am I supposed to get by with spangles, beads, and a couple of feather boas? Adele, can you ring for Hank? I saw his car on the lot. He's here someplace. Don't you want me to go to the wardrobe first? No, leave it. I want Hank to see what they try and get away with. You can take it to wardrobe and tell them to burn it. Is there anything good in that pile of clothes, or am I doing my tests in the raw? How about the silver lame number? Too heavy? Mmm, not right for a taxi dancer. It's uh, cut too low in the front. The johns would grind me to dust. How about this black one? I could sew a ruffle on the neckline and bows on the shoulders to jazz it up a bit. You know, where'd to go? Thanks, darling. How's the great lady? Feeling like an absolute boy, sir. What's the matter, Cleo? Too early to get all steamed up. No, don't tell me how to act, Hank, unless you want to punch in the breadbasket. I want you to do your job. Earn your 10%. Tell the front office that if they keep sending rags, I'll torch them. Okay, doll. Okay. Jeez. Only a coat. Only a coat is fine for you. I wouldn't mop the floor with it. It'd be an insult to the girls who come to see my pictures. I don't know where they got those pelts from mongrel, rat, or raccoon, but I won't wear it. Consider it done. I'll take care of it, my pet. Anybody got an aspirin? On the table. Thanks, Toots. She's got a name, you know. I beg your pardon, Miss Babe. Thank you, Miss Adele. Just because you're getting shellac don't mean you drop your manners. Remind those suits in the front office that if Miss Long wears her own clothes in this picture, it'll cost them. Do I need a crisis on day one at this hour? Cut me some slack. I wish you would have let me be your escort last night, Cleo. It don't look right. A star on her own. Now, why should I need an escort? It's my name above the title. Besides, it was only a premiere in cocktails, not dinner. I left after an hour. No reason to feed the trades ready-made story about my love life. Least of all, spark rumors of a reconciliation with my ex-husband. Hank just wanted his picture in the columns. Drum up more business. Hey, I resent that accusation. Word you're looking for is resemble, dearie. I didn't come in here for abuse. Then you can leave, because we've got it on special today. Now that's all for now, Hank. We've got work to do. And don't forget to take that manger coat with you. Ten cents a dance. That's what they pay me. Gosh, how they weigh me down. Ten cents a dance. Panties and rough guys. Tough guys who tear my gun. No, first scene isn't right. Too much chatter. Would my character say do you really talk to every fella who paid a dime to whirl her around the dance floor? We could use a few pages of dialogue. 
use a shot of you dancing with a John. Mm, will it be too quiet? What if the music and the action didn't match? Oh, he steps on my feet. No rhythm, that kind of thing. More like he ignores the hot jazz number the band is playing and concentrates on what he's there for. Oh, I get it. The band plays a fast tune, but he's only there to grab onto me. I'll start with a wide shot of everyone in the dance hall doing the foxtrot. Then a two shot of you in a big galoot swaying slowly. He's squeezing you like a supermarket melon. Next, we cut to a close up of you when he gets too fresh. You pull back and smack him across the face. Sound good? Gotcha. Like your angle, Carter. People in the seats will know what a taxi dancer puts up with every night. A big tall extra too. My head is smashed against a tree trunk of a man. Mustard stains on a shirt. Damp armpits too. I've got it. Montage. Four different fellas. Clothes make it the man. One in a tuxedo, another in overalls, navy whites, three-piece pinstripe suit. Is this your fantasy or mine? (laughs) Pardon me, Miss Long. I'm uh, sorry to interrupt. Am I too early? Come on in. I just remembered where I saw you before. Uh, Last week when I was cast? No, I mean before. On the stage. A Broadway show. You must live. You entered during the second act and asked tennis anyone. You were superb in a pair of shorts. I would have played a lawn ornament to work with Alfred Lund and Lynn Fontaine. Lawn ornament? Well, aren't you the dedicated trooper? Cleo here has her face on the cover of every magazine. She's a much bigger star than a couple of relics in the footlights. Uh, I assure you, I do not mean any disrespect, Mr. Hillary. The other stops bore me to death. Our work here reaches millions worldwide. Okay, Carter, lay on. Give the new guy a break. Allow me to take my foot out of my mouth. Oh, we picture folk can be sensitive. I walk the boards, too. Eight shows a week is a holiday compared to a studio schedule. 12 to 15 hours a day, six days a week. Uh, You'll see. I'll leave you to your little project. Thanks, darling. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a pleasant afternoon, Mr. Hillary. Did you read the script again? Yes, and you were right. It doesn't say anything about my character's background or what he does for a living. Mm, how about we try the scene where Sadie and Joe meet alone? Let's start with your entrance. Stop right there, you cheap tramp. Yeah, hang on. It looks like someone has a gun in your back. Uh, it does? You're too stiff. Oh. Uh, uh, well, a straight back is essential to lift the diaphragm and project the voice. On the stage, sure. But not for the screen. There's no back row here. We have sensitive instruments that can pick up a whisper. You'll murder the Sandman's ears if you keep bellowing lines. I understand. Keep my voice down. Just make it so I can hear you and the microphones will do the rest. You start out shouting, you'll have nowhere to go. Yes, Miss Long. Oh, call me Cleo. No need to be so formal. I meant what I said about your posture. Relax. Bring your shoulders down. I am being natural. Cleo. Drop one of your shoulders a bit, like a boxing stance. Open your legs wider. Lean toward me. Like this? Much better. Now the dialogue. You sound myth like I read a newspaper over your shoulder on the streetcar. You should be threatened, angry. Here I am, busting up your home. I've packed my sister's bags. I'm taking your wife away from you. You don't need to enunciate every word. You're not playing a school teacher. Try like a these dem and those guy. Ah, uh, I don't know if I can do it. 
makes me think of Emerson's line about people who have ambition out of all proportion to their practical force. I might not be able to play a tough guy. Practical force. It's just what you need. Don't overthink it. It's better to play a heavy and let the crowd hate you than be a forgettable milk toast. And remember, this is a woman's picture. You're a devil to serve this story. If you're lucky, you can work your way up to a knight in shining armor. I just didn't expect my character to be so coarse. Now there's an art to it. Why don't you go over to the projection room? Ask Wally to run the public enemy. And then you'll see how to finesse a tough guy. You'd like me to copy James Cagney? Not copy, learn from. He came up on the stage, too. And he knows what works for the camera. Like the way Jimmy uses his neck and jaw. How does he use them? Like somebody tried to put a leash on him. Like he chews rocks for breakfast. You know, he's a small lad, but he finds ways to take up space with his body. See? Watch how he builds tension. It's acting for a close-up. That makes perfect sense. Sound it, though? Thanks for your help. One more thing. You need a new name. Father and mother won't be pleased to hear that. Your name is too long. Too long, Miss Long. A smart guy, eh? For your information, Cleo Long isn't my real name. I had the same problem as you. I got wise and I made it shorter. What name were you born with? Kleena Lonergan. I see what you mean. Doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. You need something punchy. Big stars have short names. I mean, hell, look at Gargoyle. All she needs is two syllables. Most stars have three or four syllables tops. Clara Bow, Jack, Gilbert, Norma Shearer. But there are exceptions. Rudolph Valentino, that's six. Dolores Costello has five syllables. Richard Tulliver is a name for Broadway. On the other hand, Rick Tully is pure Hollywood. Rick Tully. Sure. Three syllables belong to a man with rolled shirt sleeves, not a fellow with a silver spoon in his mouth. Rick Tully. I like it. Basic numerology. It's a cinch. Go find Phil Blake in publicity and make sure your billing is right on my picture. Why are you being so helpful? I should thank you properly. I wanted to do that last night. You looked so beautiful in that red gown. Your hair was like satin under the lights. Uh, Yeah, Tully, I don't like getting mixed up with men in the studio. Let's keep this strictly professional. On the up and up. And for you, I want to see you make good in the picture. You get me? You'll forgive my impertinence, I hope. I'm not sorry. Save the emotion for the camera and you'll be grand. Is Mr. Blake in? You're looking at him. Is this a joke? I'm Phil Blake. Short for Phyllis. What can I do for you, Tully? I came here to tell you about my new name, but I suppose you already know. News travels fast around here. Just doing my job, keeping on top of things. I heard you're worried about the part in Taxi Dancer. Too lowbrow, is it? Just an observation, Miss Blake. Maybe I'm not the right man for the part. Nah, that hi-hat routine won't get you far in Warners. Everyone knows you're a college man. Since you're fond of quoting Emerson, you may recall what he said about Dante. Emerson praised Dante's writing for its 
noble vulgari eloquenza, the vulgar eloquence of the people. You think our dialogue is coarse, but in this studio, we go for the tongue of the common man. If we don't make it poetry exactly, we honor it with realism. I see your point, Miss Blake. I, I certainly didn't expect a publicity girl to know Emerson. <laughs> I'm not a publicity girl, honey. I'm a press agent with a liberal arts degree from Bryn Mawr. But I don't look down on hardworking people. If Cleo wants to give you a buildup, it would be wise to avoid the Ivy League angle. First my name changes and now my background? Who are you going to make me out to be? Well, ideally your image should fit the characters you play. If I write about Yale Drama Society and the fencing team, readers will call you a phony when they see you as a mug and taxi dancer. This is standard stuff. Don't you read magazine profiles? Do I look like a shop girl? Honestly, I don't have to write a word about you. I'm doing it as a favor to Cleo. Cooperate or not, it's entirely up to you. Only a fool thinks he doesn't need publicity. If you say so. I say so. So, what do you like to do? How do you spend your time? I go sailing. The sea is the only place left in the world where a man can be free. <sighs> Poor men, they have it tough. All right, I can use it. Give me a recent picture of you on your boat, or we'll send a photographer out to get one. The rugged individualist, outdoorsman, local boy makes good. I'll be sure to mention in the wake shop. That's it? That'll be all, Tully. I'll take it from here. Good day. What do we have for uh, the flashback scene where Sadie remembers a bad night in Pocatello? A flashy leopard print coat. My hair in this one. Long braids and a fringe. It's a no-brainer. Little girl in braids. I've got a wig in the back. Oh, nuts, Cleo. You promised I'd have sex appeal in this picture. All I've got is kitty braids, knee socks, and a frumpy calico. Something wrong with this dress I'm making? It's cut down to your ankles in the back. For one measly scene. And it's the one where I get knocked around by Tully for wearing Cleo's clothes. Hey, will you lay off? I'm working my fingers to the bone on a copy of the dress for your measurements. Listen, Maxine, you're the good girl. Get it? That means you can't run around in scanties and fancy gowns. That's a load of bunk. You just want me looking like a Quaker so you can hog all the glamour for yourself. Everyone's fighting over you in the story. Sadie does everything to keep you out of the racket. Then you marry Tully's Joe and he wants to protect you from his your sister. Who lets men paw her for a living. You see? Yeah, but why do we need a flashback to 10 years ago? So the audience knows life is an uphill battle. We see the odds against them. Did you have them at it recently, Cleo? I don't remember reading it when the script went around last week. One of the perks of having script approval in my contract. People in the seats need to say the sacrifices made for little Rose. Sadie was a star of burlesque. One night on the road, during a terrible blizzard, the troop gets stuck in Pocatello. Hotel won't take them. Shopkeepers slam the door. Even the missionary church turns them away. Finally, they find shelter in a brothel outside town. Only thing missing is the star of Bethlehem and the three wise men. And no wise men in a Cleo Long picture. <laughs> Sporting girls wouldn't turn away a burly pew company. They know what it's like to be out in the cold. Shows up those good citizens as hypocrites. Let a bunch of women freeze to death. They would too, 
That's when Sadie decides to go straight and give up the stage. But raising her kid's sister is expensive. Regular jobs don't pay. That's why she signs on as a taxi dancer. Sadie puts up with a low opinion from society so her kid's sister can have a shot at a better lot. Being the good girl is boring. Why can't I be the one to shoot Tully? Because then you wouldn't be the good girl. Besides, it's my picture. Maxie, don't you know by now it's Cleo's trademark? She gets away with it. Love them and leave them or shoot them full of lead. Every day me buys a ticket as some fella she wants to give a tumble and another she'd like to send to the morgue. Sometimes it's the same man. While we're on the subject, I wouldn't mind getting Tully between the sheets. You know, I asked him to have a drink with me yesterday. He gave me the brush off. Said he was too busy. You got your eye on him or something, Cleo? I was wondering that myself. What's the story with you two? Any action? Uh, Strictly professional. My only interest is who can play in one of my scripts. Look, I'm too tall for Cagney and Eddie G. William Powell insists on top billing, so who does that leave? David Manners, Regis Toomey. Have you seen them in a love scene? They call mackerel, I'd rather lick stamps. Uh, I think you're full of soap. You're sweet on Tully. Why not just admit it? I hope you're not thinking he's too good for you, just because he went to college. I don't know how you keep a straight face when he quotes them bearded men at you. So he's educated. Big deal. He doesn't know the first thing about making pictures. You're a star. He should feel lucky you spend your time on him. Babe's dead right. He could be on a breadline, like the rest of those New York actors. Here's the leg art for your approval. Since when do you pose for leg art? I thought you had a rule against it, Cleo. Rules change. At your age, I never would. It'll get you typed as nothing but a cute trick. At 30 is the age for shots in lingerie and swimsuits. It shows everybody you ain't Grandma Moses yet. Yeah, thanks, Philly. Leave them on the dressing table. The only rule that sticks is that I don't die on camera. What's wrong with a death scene? Garbo dies in her pictures. All the great stars have croaked it before the fade to black. Oh, how about when Mae Clark jumped out the window on the front page? I screamed in the theater. Boy, was that something. Superstitious? Better to die on screen than at the box office. Now let the other stars die on camera. In my pictures, I come out on top. I want women who sit in the dark to feel like they will too. I don't die at the end. What did you call me? You heard me. You're a cheap tramp and everybody knows it. Now put down that suitcase and I might let you walk out of here. Threats don't work on me. I'm not like my sister Rose. You can't push me around. You got one part right. You ain't like Rose, you're just a common tramp. A dime for a dance and a dollar for a roll in the hay. Well, I ain't got a dollar. Come on, Tart. You know you like it. You get off of me, let me go. Not a chance. We're just getting started. Time to sample the goods you've been putting out all over town. Oh, not on your life. (laughs) You pig. You ain't got the nerve to shoot. Oh, yeah? Cut, print. That's a wrap. Phenomenal scene, Cleo and Rick. Great work, everyone. Let's have a snort before we leave. Are you okay? 
I, I, I didn't hurt you, did I? You were grand, Tully. You played it exactly right. Every bit. Uh, stay for a drink. Tomorrow Sunday. You don't have to be at the studio. No, no, thanks. I'm all in. I'm going home and getting in a nice hot bath. Why don't you let me take you out on my boat tomorrow? Come sailing with me. I sleep late on Sunday. Then I have a pile of scripts to read. All you ever do is work. What good is it being a star if you don't make any time for fun? Say yes. All right, I'll go sailing with you. But not early. Come by my house at one o'clock. I'll have the cook pack a basket for lunch. Sleep well. I'll see you tomorrow. Ah, this is the life. And more fried chicken? I wouldn't say no. About some macaroni salad, too. They're coming right up. Oh, ouch. Are you okay? I slipped a bit is all. I think I twisted my ankle. Oh, let me have a look. How's that? Oh, sure, it'll be grand. It feels nice. Such tiny ankles. (laughs) Quit tickling. Leo, what are we going to talk about what happened during the scene? Nothing to talk about. It was just acting. We both know that wasn't just acting. Your skin was as hot as a griddle when I was on top of you. I was struggling. I was trying to push you off. Of course I was born. That kiss wasn't in the script. Why'd you do it? Hmm. Well, something happened when we were on the bed. As if an electric current passed between us. I didn't feel like myself anymore. I felt like Joe. And that's what good acting is. You live in the moment and you make it real. You're holding back. You're afraid. Why? I'm not afraid. You're worried you're going to... What is it you say? Lose the run of yourself? I'm not scared. I just didn't plan on getting tangled up. Then prove it. Kiss me. Excuse me? How do I have to prove anything? I. A Star Is Born is a Sassmouth Dames production, written and directed by Megan McGurk, starring Clara Higgins as Cleo Long, Danny Reed as Rick Tully, Jean Sutton as Babe Dempsey, Olympia Kiriakou as Phyllis Blake, M. Sean as Maxine Raymond, Peter Bryant as Hank Weber, Matt Harris as Carter Hillary, Megan McGurk as Adele Geary. Art design by Mott Collins. Sound editing and special effects by Tomas Amahuna. Thanks very much for listening. Seven to midnight I hear drums Loudly the saxophone blows Trumpets are breaking my eardrums. Customers crush my toes. Sometimes I think I found my hero, but it's a queer.